The Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan, brought to you by Maybank. On Monday Motivators, we speak to Okao Bang, a man whose life has been almost entirely entwined with motorsport right up well past into retirement. Coben, can you take us back to your your childhood memories of working in your dad's motorcycle shop? I mean, is that where your love of bikes started? Uh, definitely, because I practically grew up there. From teen, from when I was able to walk or, or baby stage. So, uh, yes, yeah, practically until I start to get to know a little bit about able to ride a motorcycle. Uh, and then it moved up to the next level of uh, motocross just because... My dad is kind of a specialist in problem solving. Okay. So he was dealing with a lot of British bike those days. Yeah. So, uh, and then a lot of his clientele are from the British base or Australian. So there's a community there from the Air Force. Ah, okay. So how did he get into this? I mean, it's not something that oh, somebody naturally okay. gets into bikes, right? Yeah, my dad started, uh, inherited from my my grandfather. So normally in the early days, usually you start with bicycle shop and then it evolved into motorcycle. Mm. What I, I observed. Okay. Okay, so my dad was uh, inherited the business yeah. from my grandfather. Okay. Right. So, so how old were you when you started hanging out at the... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably, uh, well, I was born in 54. Right. right? So when you're kind of a toddler stage you'll be crawling around the workshop from what I was told getting my hands dirty <laughs> right. treating the place like a like toy service kind of thing you know yeah. taking the tool wrecking getting my yeah like kids you know when you chuck them in some place uh, muddy area they play, they play with mud that sort of thing yeah, yeah so so from then on so, uh, as I grew up and when my dad got the dealership he was uh, dealing in Norton Triumph those are like super bikes of those days uh, mm. and then when when Honda came into Malaysia with their little cup yeah. chai, yeah, and then it was a, it was a SKD. Then the bike would be delivered to the shop with a bullock cart mm-hmm. in a in a crate, and that's the fun time. <laughs> How ironic! Oh. Unpack it like like a big toy, you know. Yeah. So to me, it's like wow, you know. So my dad teach me how to example it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So he did, he encouraged you to to get involved. Yeah, of course, because he need whatever helping hand. But so <laughs> that and. For information, I got I have a uh, uh, eight siblings. Right. Yeah. So those days the TV program wasn't there yet. Okay. <laughs> so what do you do? <laughs> yeah. So the eight of you were like, okay, kids, build a motorcycle today. Yeah, five five brothers and you know. Yeah. So so and then from from then on, uh, she got me into stripping down bikes and helping helping her basically. So I'm kind of again. Cheating like a toy and shipping all the mechanical stuff. Right. And and I got start to get curious already when I start to get into the engine area. Right. How it works and that sort of things. Okay. And my dad, you know, sometimes explain if he has the time. But oh. other than that, uh, as I keep growing and start to be able to read some literature about how things works, you know, from right. magazines, you know, which is brought in by the by the customers, you know, mm. from overseas. What was um, the toughest challenge for you in your earlier you know, racing journey? Well, I think all these things kind of uh, lead to from motocross, you know, fun thing, competition, helping my dad do the mechanical stuff, preparation. It's like, like like a little party, you know, to me anyway. And then we've got friends, neighborhood come and help. Mm. And with the Australian community, after the race, you know, you clean up the bar and then they have a little barbecue. Right. I thought that was kind of interesting. I ha- I have to ask though, so you make it sound like it's a very straight line into getting into racing. 
So what was it? You went up to your dad one day and said, I need oh, to borrow a motocross no, bike? No, 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 no. In fact, uh, it's the opposite. My dad wouldn't even allow me to have a road license because he, <laughs> he's seen a lot of danger on the road. Those days, mm. you don't even need to wear a helmet. Right. Mm. And of course, that time when my dad was dealing with all this bigger bike, so the speed is always, you know, mm. there and accident happens. Again, motorcycle is, is a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's freedom, but it's also vulnerable depending on how it's handled and, and you are exposed. So, of course, you know, there are accidents and there are also death. So, as a father and you've seen so many things, and I'm not surprised because many bike shops, guys I've dealt with also say the same thing of discouraging their, their kids to get into that riding. Yeah. yeah. In fact, one of my first few students when I opened up the place for, you know, for certain public, was from a big bike shop. The kids, you know, were sent to my place, you know. <clears throat> the dad said that, don't ride bikes yet until you learn the fundamentals. So go and see Okabeng and learn the fundamentals. So my track happens to be just started, you know, first mm. of its kind in, in, in this area or probably Malaysia to do coaching. So one thing leads to another. So I, so I can understand my dad, you know, hindsight of, you know, not allowing me to have a license, but he, he can't stop me after when I reach a certain age. Okay. On my own. So uh, then, tell me about the first race. How did that happen? Uh, well, for motocross, the first race was not an issue because it's controlled environment. The speed is not high, so he he encouraged it because after all, we were fixing. Yeah, but the first race to go to road racing. Yeah, don't mention about illegal because that's behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> not racing, but just speeding. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so I was I was still under consent age of you know below twenty one. I was just about. 19 or 20 so the one of the Australian guy who is quite active in road racing and uh, kind of talked to me hey Kabing you better you know get into road racing I said I would love to but you got to talk to the boss you know I'm not sure he will allow me he won't even allow me to have a license to start with and then I think he managed to convince him that look it's a controlled environment if you don't do it he may just go and keep racing and, <laughs> and kill himself or kill somebody, that sort of thing, which is kind of... A, so my dad kind of thought about it, you know. Yeah, somehow he kind of... My dad is quite strict at the same time, you know. He can be a, a good coach, but he can be quite strict, quite autocratic kind of a leadership <laughs> or parenting mm -hmm. at that time. So he gave the consent. It's okay, yeah. As long as, you know, he take care of all the rest or somebody help him. Mm. Yeah. So that was the biggest break, huh? when he agreed. So you had this racing journey of yours, which then you retired from in 91. Was that right? Yeah. Uh, well, I, at some point you have to retire because it's a little bit of e evolution of what happened. So from the racing, it helps me to move on. Mm -hmm. And then I was spotted by an Australian uh, enthusiast who also do racing. So he's also my dad customer. So it was always my pleasure to always get involved in tuning those bikes and learn at the same time and he spotted my talent and he really agreed to bring me to Australia to get more exposure so just before that year when I joined his team my broke a few bones along the way part and puzzle of racing yeah it's, it's a crazy thing so I broke my leg three times in, in one year I'm not proud to talk about it but, but that's the passion I have to want to keep going to get myself ready and mm -hmm. get 
disappointed when I I never break a bone at that time it was a big bone on my femur it was mm. just a, a road wow. accident and then one thing is another and then I broke again during the race it wasn't 100% healed and then I broke again three months later when I missed the motocross riding it was too premature for me to take the bike out but I had a a freak fall and it, it broke different parts so within 12 months you know I was like in hospital <laughs> three times but anyway, I treated it as part and parcel of my, my hobby. Mm-hmm. I knew that, you know, motorsport is fun, but there's always this danger. So I deal with it. And as a still young lad, my thinking is always, you know, to enjoy the competition. Yeah, I like fixing the bike to get it better. As a young kid, I have seen, you know, people got killed in a waiting for a bus, right? Just mm. a few doors away from my house. And happens to be my mom's uh, majung lady. Right. She was there. I just thought to myself, my God, you know, he's, she's supposed to be in a safe place. And yet, so to me, of course, every time I go racing, I thought about fatality, about injuries. But you just have to prepare yourself. Whatever I can control, I, I do it. Technically, health-wise, yeah, that probably leads me to eventually... Mm-hmm. come up with the name Most Fun Gym because when that track was offered to me the, the, the place you know mm-hmm. where you came to ride mm-hmm. it belongs to uh, Mofas and the owner chairman used to ride motocross in his early days so when I approached him I said you've got so many land around here don't you have any piece of land where you know you don't need it just yet I can you know use say what for you see uh, for off, off-road riding ah oh, he didn't even you know think twice okay come and see me on Monday I will Sorry for you. So I start to get some resources and get get it going. You're still zooming around on your bike. I know you've got an R six. Um, what keeps you What keeps you going at your age? Why do you still do this? Yeah, I think it has to do with uh, the the kind of uh, what I call interest. So motorbike racing when I was fully pro- so-called professional paid to race, right? I have an obligation. So first thing first is the bike they were prepared. I used to prepare those when I was a privateer. Now somebody has to prepare the bike because that's the way it is. They don't want you to f- take too much of your time away, so they want you to focus. And most important thing is your your your, your body, because motorsports you fall, you get hurt, and then you need to recover. You got to be healthy, fitness, stamina, and that sort of thing. So I have to enroll in a gym. They in fact insist I have to, yeah. So I, 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 I do that and then later on, of course, when I was young, I also, by virtue of whatever, my, my mom is a good cook and then she likes to cook all this, uh, a bit of nyonya, all this uh, green stuff, which I grew to like it, you know. I later on find out that those are all healthy food and eat balanced diet, that sort of thing. But when I went into professional racing, then it started to be, I become more, more uh, aware of what you eat, the balanced diet, and what you do, exercise, and this sort of thing. So I've been quite consistent doing that, even though I retired. So I eat balanced diet. Ultimately, it's to get a balanced, balanced system. Okay. Your body. Yep. So so when I have a healthy kind of body and always doing things I like, so somehow one thing leads to another, and then the opportunity arises. So I retired in '91 professionally. And then uh, when I was in, no, I was in Shell, I did some road riding. Only when I was in, back to doing cars, mm. right? Then I had very little time to, to play with bikes. Mm. Okay? So somehow a, f- a friend of mine, a colleague said, Hey, Kevin, I want to take up 
biking. I said, what biking? Superbike. He said, are you tired of living? <laughs> He's in the mid He said, no, it's pretty cool to see all these big bikers, you know, with the jacket and that sort of thing. He said, to be a man, you have to ride a motorcycle. I said, wow. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's fine. If you have decided, before you do anything, you go and enroll in the riding academy. So this is what happened when I was in Proton, Lotus. So the CEO said that, look, coming, I got 3,000 operators, all right? Every month, they are on motorcycle, they come to work, and then there's three shifts. So every month, there are accidents. And every month, involving them. Every month, they are death, you know. So can you help me to do something that you did in Shell? Maybe in a bigger way. So he's, he tell me, categorically, don't start your official job yet. Please help me to do this. Yeah. So I, I end up uh, setting up the academy because I can't be doing that alone. So I set up trainer trainers and something which is easy for me to do. I think in my case, I happen to grow up there, okay, it could be just circumstances, but it seems something that touched my, my heart in terms of uh, liking it, right? It can be a chore, but if you have the like to do it, the passion, it's never a chore, right? Because you see many CEO or whatever, they get to where they are, they must have liked something they are doing. So it can be a, a chore, it can be a challenge. Like in my case, you know, in motorsports, most of the racers know that, right, if they race, you anticipate things can happen. So you, first of all, you just make sure that your body is well looked after by yourself, take, take care of it, stay fit and that sort of thing. And, uh, and after that, try to look for something that as you grew up or you graduated, if you do things that you have a passion to it, then I think the chances of success is, is better because it's something you enjoy doing. Yeah, somehow these sort of things, you know, when I was working in, in Shell, I, I find it very boring because it's so structured. When it's structured, it takes some creativity out of what you want to do. But of course, the rules are rules, right? Mm. Yeah, so uh, sometimes you break it, sometimes you get penalized, and then but as long as you move on with good intention, yeah, mm -hmm. so that you won't you won't screw up the company until it collapses. You see? <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, so I think passion is important and learn the. In my case, as I was growing up, I l like to believe that everything we do, there's a science part, which is you know, and the and the art part. Mm -hmm. So if you understand how things works and then it makes you easier to do problem solving and the art part is how much, how little you mm -hmm. do. Okay. So that's how always, always I use it to explain to my to my student as well. Right? So there are things which, you know, is given. Right? There are things which is the art part which you have to practice some uh, experiential. Hmm. Yeah, yeah so the rest is physics. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. In, in well, the context in this case, of yes. motor, motor yeah. racing is a lot of physics. Yeah. In the context of cooking is... Law of chemistry, mm -hmm. and yeah. then in terms of your body, it's a law of biology. So you just understand how your body works, and yeah. and I think things will be a bit less, mm. yeah, dissolution, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kabang, for coming in to talk to us. It's been uh, a real marvel actually listening and even watching you. If this has piqued your interest in motocross, you can look him up on the MFG website. This is our Monday motivator, and all of our sessions are in the Light Breakfast podcast on the Shock app.